Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the first ever episode of Mixed Media Reviews. I'm your host, Kelsey. I'm your host, Kelsey? Maybe I should be more excited about my own name. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Since this is the first episode, before we dive in, I thought I'd do a brief overview of the podcast and how each episode will potentially work. Overall, each week I'll post a new episode rotating between reviews of books, TV shows, and movies, and with the potential for other types of media, like maybe a comic book or a stand-up special. And maybe I'll do occasionally a general topic uh, that crosses multiple types of media. Each episode, I will start out talking about any cover art or promotional posters or anything that I kind of knew beforehand, if I saw a trailer or something like that. Then a brief summary, followed by the things that I liked about the book. And then the things that I maybe didn't like, or, or maybe things that I thought they could have done better. I may discuss books by the series, or just their individual books. Uh, I may discuss TV shows by an, an, an individual episode, by a season, or maybe even the entire series as a whole. And movies, I will probably typically just discuss on their own. If it's part of a series, maybe I'll discuss it as a series as well. Uh, I think it'll depend on how I feel about each particular instance, or maybe sometimes I can start more generally, do it based on a series, and then do specific ones about seasons or episodes later on. And that's it. That's the, that's the gist of the podcast. Short and sweet. Hopefully. <laughs> First up, I thought I'd keep it simple and start with a book that was not part of a series. Uh, this book is also something that I finished back in May of 2020, so about a year ago. I did do a quick read-through to refresh my memory and kind of take some notes. So, let's go ahead and dive in. This week's book, the very first book, is This Monstrous Thing by Mackenzie Lee. This was her debut novel and it came out September of 2015. And I also wanted to mention a quick disclaimer that the one I read was an uncorrected proof. So any critiques that I may or may not have are based upon this copy and not the actual final copy that came out. So let's start off with this cover art. I really dig it. Uh, it's mostly a cool blue tone, but there's a little bit of purple and then it kind of goes into a red up in the upper corner. There's lightning, which is always super cool. There's a dude standing in front of some old architecture, kind of a gothic feel to it, uh, with a clock tower off to the side. It's very cool, very mysterious, and very Frankenstein-esque, which is perfect because this monstrous thing is a steampunk retelling of Frankenstein. Now, if you know me, which you probably do if you're listening to this, then you know sci-fi and fantasy retellings of history is an incredibly specific, genre <laughs> but i adore it doctor who does this often and i think they are typically my favorite episodes whenever they go back in time and there's like a historical event that they're like oh no actually aliens were the cause of it like the pompeii episode super cool love it so in lee's story we find that people are living with clockwork parts those who have lost a limb or have pieces of themselves that do not function properly, they all have mechanical bits instead. This sounds very cool to me, 
but in their society, they do not find it cool because they treat them as less than, like they are no longer worthy of being called human. Those who work on these clockwork people are called shadow boys, and it's an illegal occupation and must be kept like super secret. Now, in the opening scene, we find our main character and a shadow boy, Alistair, in the midst of trying to bring his brother, Oliver, back to life. Alistair is successful in bringing his brother back, but the big question that this story poses is, did his brother come back more mechanical than man? Did he come back as his brother, Oliver, or as a monster? The story then picks up two years later. Oliver has been missing, and Alistair has been working as a shadow boy still with his father. Now, tensions between those with mechanical replacements and the rest of society is at an all-time high. Made worse is the newly published Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. The book sparks speculation that it was written based on true events and that a resurrected man actually walks among them. Of course, Alistair becomes desperate to find and protect his brother, both from the general public and those who begin to use the modern Prometheus as a call to revolution. So I need to work on transition. <laughs> but what I'm going to talk about next are all the things that I really liked about this monstrous thing. Um, and for one, I really like the title. The book, much like the original story of Frankenstein, plays on the idea of who the real monster of the story actually is. The man who created or brought back to life another man? Or is it the man that was resurrected? And this entire book, Alistair, is grappling with the notion that he, the man who brought his brother back to life, may be the real monster of this story, and not in fact his own brother, who has been resurrected and walks around with mechanical parts. Um, and I really, really liked that. I liked that this was, while it was a retelling of Frankenstein, it was a slightly different retelling of Frankenstein because Within the story, Frankenstein is also a book that gets published. So it's not just a straightforward, this is my version of how Frankenstein would happen, but it's a version where the book is inspired by true events, which I think is a really cool, um, maybe not as used idea. So I also really enjoyed... Um, I also enjoyed the way she was able to kind of walk that line of it's inspired by Frankenstein in the series of events that happen, but also that it takes place in a world where that book is actually out there and it's a real book that, that has um, characters that are then kind of based on the characters in her book. Those characters in her book are also, you know, mirrors of the original Frankenstein. So I really like the way that she kind of tied it all together and they are all kind of chicken and egg um, kind of a situation. <laughs> um, another thing I really liked is 
something that is often used in fiction, um, but I really liked her take on it and that take on the others or the outcasts, the unworthy people was really interesting to me. The idea that those with the mechanical pieces were going against God uh, was very interesting because that's what everyone kept saying, that, that these people were going against God by having, you know, a mechanical leg instead of just accepting that his leg was lost in a war. Um, and I, I, I see that a lot in, you know, in pop culture. There's a lot of the whole, the outcasts are, are this. And, and a lot of time, you know, it's because they're afraid because people are different. You know, like in, in comics, you have like the mutants are seen as the outcasts, uh, because they're, you know, afraid of them. And, and I really liked her version of just people with mechanical bits and bobs. <laughs> um, thought that was a cool take. Uh, and that also goes with the whole steampunk theme as well, because these weren't just, you know, a mechanical arm or whatever. They were steampunk mechanical arms, you know, they were powered through steam and they had, uh, interesting ways of being able to marry the, the human part, the flesh part with the mechanical parts. Um, it was really, you know, steampunk's always pretty cool. So I always like seeing the steampunk versions of inventions and and seeing how they all kind of marry with actual inventions of the time uh, versus like a steampunk invention. So there's a character that appears in the novel named Clemence. She pops up and I don't want to talk too much about her character and um, her, her story that gets wrapped up with Alistair because I don't really want to do a too heavy of a spoiler podcast. I'd like to keep it a little bit more general, maybe sometimes going more into detail, um, but always, of course, warn you if I do. So keeping it more general, Clements is a character, a woman who comes in, and I really like that she's there not as a romantic interest. Her and Alistair develop a platonic relationship, and I always really like seeing platonic relationships because it's, 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 it's refreshing, you know, that two characters come together and it's not just a device for love or whatever. It's, it's nice to see actual relationships that work that are just purely platonic, that are there to add to the story in different ways and not just, hey, look, it's a love interest. So that was really nice, and I really liked uh, the two of them together as friends. Well, as two human beings working together, basically. <laughs> well, going back through this book, I tried really hard to find something to critique. So again, I had originally read this about a year ago, so I couldn't really remember anything off the top of my head. I do tend to focus on the good in things that I read or things that I watch, and sometimes um, kind of bury the things that I didn't like as much or thought that they could have done a little bit better, but unless it's really bad, <laughs> um, typically I just try to focus on the good things. So I couldn't quite remember anything that I just straight up disliked about this book. Um, the only critique that I have 
and I would say critique because it wouldn't be fair again to say it's something that I disliked about the book um, was the writing style which I liked the writing style I thought she did a good job of writing different characters I think the dialogue was really good I think she did a great job setting the scenes creating a good plot um, I think it was really well written I will say though that the way in which they spoke was quite more modern than what I would imagine was 1818 Geneva. <laughs> um, definitely didn't sound in my head older. It sounded like it could have been maybe two people talking, not entirely today because it wasn't like there's lots of slang or something. Um, and I would say that it, it was interesting that it is in Geneva and they did have a few mentions of, you know, speaking a different language or him making a point to speak a different language but for the most part it was entirely english um which is not to say that i thought that it should have been written in another language or that it should have all, like strictly sounded like it was in 1818 geneva um because again i really like i liked the way she wrote um but if there is a critique, then then maybe it could have been more of part of the story that, you know, that he was in a place that didn't necessarily speak English. <laughs> um, just more little things about it. But So overall, I think it was a good book, and I would definitely recommend it if this sounds like your thing. And there you have it. Those are my thoughts on This Monstrous Thing by Mackenzie Lee. Thank you so much for joining me on my first ever episode of Mixed Media Reviews. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook under Mixed Media Reviews Podcast. Please join me next week where I will review a TV show, the Netflix show, Julie and the Phantoms, because I will never stop talking about it, and maybe this will help me get some of it out of my system. Also, just a quick shout out to my grandma. Thank you so much for encouraging me to do this. You are the absolute best, and I love you so much, and I can't wait to see you again. Thank you all for joining me again, and have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye!